Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. They can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. We can all change America one heart at a time. We are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community. Guys, what an incredible podcast we have for you today. We are reliving the message by James Robison from our 2021 Wake Up Conference. James is like a father to me. Those who don't know my history, I worked at Life Outreach International when I was 18, 19, and 20, when I was a Bible school student at Christ for the Nations. And James is one of those people. I can go back and look at the DNA of my life and even some of the DNA of Christians Engage, and I can say this man made a huge impact on my life as a young teenager. I grew up in Mark Job's youth, youth group. Mark Job is Carrie Job's father. And James Robinson's daughter, Robin, was a dear friend of mine. And this man has had a huge impact for me. He's one that has not shied away from engaging with our government officials, knowing presidents, praying for their families, engaging even in talking about the, the issues of our day, our cultural issues from a biblical perspective. If you don't know, James has an incredible commentary blog called The Stream, where he's bringing Protestant and Catholic voices together across denominational lines. You have to check out thestream.org. But James has remained consistent about the gospel. The gospel's always been preeminent to this man. He loves America and he loves his God. And this message about the father heart of God and how that father heart can capture us as we see him and transform us into the people that we need to be to transform America. You don't want to miss this message. Also, join us for our 2022 Wake Up Conference, September 23rd and 24th with Eric Metaxas, Dr. Robert Jeffers, Elizabeth Johnston, Congressman Chip Roy, and more. So listen to this message by James Robison. You're going to be so blessed. It brought us all to tears. And then join us at the 2022 Wake Up Conference. We'll see you there. God bless you. Well, you, you might want to stand just to stretch. I know it feels good. Allie Beth, thank you. And Bunny, thank you. I, uh, I'm here really primarily for Bunny because I so believe in what God's called her to do. And I'm so thankful for those of you that have been here at this conference and heard many of my friends speak and that you are understanding that you have a very important role because this is God's garden. Planet Earth is the Lord's. And he left here, left us here as overseers. And we haven't necessarily done the best job. 
And I think Bunny and the ones you've heard here, along with you, I want to actually wake the church up. One of the things that I've been trying to get across to Christians that I think is very, very important because when things get tough, it seems like Christians begin to talk about getting out of here. Come on and come get us. I don't think that's what he wants us to be thinking. I think he corrected the disciples when they were discussing the next kingdom because they never seemed to understand the kingdom he told them was at hand. And that his king, the king's kingdom, is established in us. And we're to be overseers and make a kingdom impact on his garden, his planet. Would you agree Christians have done a very slack job of overseeing God's planet? Can you not see very clearly right now the fruit of the deceiver? Have you ever seen such gross, undeniable ugliness, danger, hate, malice, foolishness, and destruction like you're seeing right now? And there's only one way you turn it around, and that's for God's people to suddenly begin to do with their whole heart what he left us here to do. He did not leave us here to get us out of here. He left us here to get him in here in the fullness of his glory. And heaven and earth is the Lord's, and heaven and earth are to declare the glory of the Lord. But if the salt loses its effect, it's good for what? Nothing but being trampled under the feet of men. That means everything sacred, everything precious, everything important, everything that matters is trampled under the feet of men. And it happens because the overseers have done a very poor job. We have not kept the fields fruitful. We've not kept our lives fruitful. We've not kept truth flowing freely, which sets people free and keeps them free. We've not protected it. We've not preserved it. We've not presented it clearly. It's time for us to do it. I think the stage is set right now for the greatest awakening in history. I believe that we have seen the ugliness of the enemy more clearly than any time in my 78 years. Last month, I had my 78th birthday. I'm glad I can still walk. I'm glad I'm still standing. I'm glad I have a beautiful wife seated beside me. Can you believe that this boy right here, this man, born the result of the rape of a hospice nurse, caring for an elderly man, and the alcoholic son raped the 40-year-old nurse who had never had a child, was told she couldn't have a child. At age 40, she found herself pregnant in Houston. What should she do? She doesn't have a stable income. She doesn't have a husband. And she's got a baby in her womb. She went in 43 to get an abortion. She was pretty well assured she could get it. One problem, the doctor looked at her and simply said, I can't take that baby. She walked out went to the home where she was caring for the elderly man, went out on the porch, and she prayed. She said, God said, have this baby. The baby will bring joy to the world. She just knew I'd be a little girl. <laughs> she named me Joy before I was born. When I was born, the doctor said, well, you got a little guy here. She said, I have a little baby, and baby's Joy. He said, well, you can call him anything you want to, but you got a little boy. <laughs> My mother said she prayed, and she thought about the disciples of Jesus, and somehow the name James just jumped out at her. You know, my friend Johnny Cash and I were very close. He traveled with me a lot, just as he did with Billy Graham. And Johnny Cash had a famous song about being 
a boy named Sue. <clears throat> I said, I'm so glad my mother changed my name. I had a challenging enough life without being named Joy. My mother put an ad in the paper and asked for someone to come get me. A pastor and his wife came and got me. They took me with the understanding that they would be able to adopt me and I would be their son. I stayed with them until I was five, but she never would sign the papers. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew I had a mother that wasn't Mama Hale, Mrs. Hale, and Brother Hale, Papa Hale. I called her Mom and Dad, Mommy and Daddy. One day my mother came and drug me out from under the bed by the foot. I was crying and screaming. I still remember my little fingernails scraping across the hardwood floor. I didn't want to leave my mommy and daddy. But my mother took me with no money and refusing any help. We hitchhiked all the way from Houston, I mean from, uh, from Houston to Austin. Literally hitchhiked all the way across the state. I had a little cardboard suitcase. I lived in Austin 10 years. I moved 17 times. The only houses that ever faced the street was if my mother was caring for an elderly person. Every house we had either faced an alley, a dump, or a dirty river. I didn't have a home. We moved 17 times and nobody knew me. I never got picked. I was not only the kid that was given away by his mother and then taken back, I was the kid nobody ever picked. I was the most overlooked kid on the planet. And then that alcoholic father came back in our home and he turned it into hell. And he choked my mother and the only reason he didn't kill her is he thought he had when she passed out. He came in and said he was gonna take my life. He didn't know that I had bought a 30 6 I was gonna go deer hunting someday. And just before my 15th birthday, when he said he was gonna kill me, I ran and got the gun and I pointed it at him. Now think about this. I remember verbatim what I said as he cussed me. I pointed that rifle right at his chest. This is what this teenage boy said. If you move as much as a finger, I'm going to blow a hole in you big enough for someone to crawl through. And that bullet would have done basically that. He never even moved his hand. He sat there and he cursed me. I dialed O. I called the police. They came, took him. He ultimately went to prison for seven years. Now just stop and think with me a moment. What if he'd have moved? I'd have shot him. I would have been the kid that killed his dad. What would that have done to a teenage boy that had no strength, no family, no representation? If you don't believe prayer is important enough to work miracles, you just stop and think. The one thing that kept that man from moving was a little church that remembered a little boy until he was five. And they never stopped praying for me. And if you don't think God hears prayer, read your Bible. We can pray this nation into the presence of God. And we can see the church of the living God wake up and become the bright and shining light in supernatural unity that Jesus prayed for and become the city set on a hill that what? Cannot be hidden. Not only must not, cannot. I believe you're sitting here because as Christians, you've come to understand that we were left here on a divine kingdom assignment. And I believe if we'll stand up beginning with prayer 
And we will ask God to answer the prayer of Jesus. Do you realize how important everything he said is? Do you realize how important it was at the end of his life, all those precious things he said? Do you understand the importance of the Lord's Prayer, not the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer? When he prayed that all of us would know him personally like he knows the Father. That we would have the same relationship with the Father that Jesus has. We can have that relationship. You don't have to just read about God or read God's Word. You can fellowship with God. You can hear God's voice. Somebody says out loud, I say louder than that. His Word impacts every fiber of our beings. And He wants fellowship with us. He doesn't want to just be the Father you read about. Jesus doesn't just want to be the Savior that you heard about and trust. He is the Savior, the resurrected Lord. The same Lord raised from the grave is living in you. And you, and you. That means He's with us every moment. Do you realize how important it is that we pray what He prayed? Sanctify us with the Word. Don't divide us with the Word. The Word does separate. The Word divides truth from error. But it doesn't divide believer from believer. Too often, Christians are amputating every member of the body of Christ that disagrees with them. They may be defeated. They may be deceived. They may be downtrodden. But you don't cut them off. You love them with the love of the father of the prodigal. And you bring them back. We've got the valley of dry bones, Ezekiel saw. But he said, can these bones live? There was a shaking and a coming together. And they were covered with sinews and flesh. But they needed what? The spirit of the living God. Well, let me tell you what we face today. It's a valley of scattered body parts. We have cut so many people off because... They don't agree with us. They don't have our point of view. We take the Word of God and rather than holding it up as a standard, we too often use it as a club to beat people over the head with it. Stop that in the name of Jesus. Stop it. Hold it up as a bright shining beacon of hope and light and direction for every person. God so turned me around in my life. You know, it was such a miracle when God took a a young man that preached 600 citywide crusades preached to more people by the time I was 30 than anyone in the history of Christianity. Billy Graham didn't even have a big crowd and he was in his early 30s. But starting at 18, we were filling coliseums and buildings and stadiums all over America. And I'm telling you, it was so amazing. But God showed me at the height of the sort of being too often the center of attention and yet seeing millions of people saved and yet the Lord showed me that there was something beyond just that he wanted me to bring his people together to know him and to know one another and to know him in one another and to grow together and he tells this Baptist preacher James, I want you to go to Oral Roberts. I want you to go to the man all you Baptists have beat up and made fun of for so long. I said, really? See, I was scolding Billy Graham because Billy started helping when I was 19. We got real close. And I was scolding him for cooperating with too many people. And Billy said to me, in one of those precious conversations where he loved so deeply, he said, do you know all these people you're telling me to stay away from? I said, no, I don't. He said, well, I do. 
He said, can I make a suggestion to you? I want to suggest you spend time with people you've been taught to avoid. Well, that was a pretty shocking statement except for one problem. It was like a shock from God in my heart. Spend time with, and that's when God said, go see Oral. And on the way to see Oral, God said, James, you're going to walk in and see one of the loneliest men on the planet. And he's lonely because his own denomination rejected him. The Pentecostals really haven't accepted him, and neither are the Charismatics. All the mainline evangelical groups are just beating him up every week. And yet he will stand there every week in a crusade, and many times for four hours, sometimes for eight hours, he'll pray for everybody that comes by sick. And when I walked in alone with him at maybe Center, and we sat back in the green room, I said, Oral, he said, you know, I really respect you. You're really a great preacher. I said, I've come here to ask you to forgive me because God told me you're really a lonely man and you've been cut off by your own church family. And all of a sudden, he just starts crying. I said, Oral, I want you to forgive me and I want you to know that I love you. He said, I can't tell you how lonely I am. I am so lonely and I'm so tired. I stand there and I pray for these people. And he said, when I pray for a little baby, and the little baby doesn't get well, and I say to the mom, I'm so sorry. And they always look at me and say, Oral, thank you. You tried, Oral. By now, I'm sitting there crying. And I said, Oral, I'm trying to get the whole church to wake up and start praying for the sick. I've been telling the church we don't really need healing lines anymore. We just need people to pray for the healing power of Jesus to flow through all of us. And sure enough, we started seeing miracles everywhere. It was the most unbelievable thing ever. And I'm telling Oral, I'm saying, Oral, somehow in this situation that leads me here, God's told me if the church would get healthy, we can help people get healthy because the same Jesus is here and the same power can flow freely if we just look to the healer and the deliverer and the one who gives freedom. And he said, James, you don't know how long I've been praying for every Christian to start praying for the sick. Now, I'm telling you this, this story to let you know I watched God do a work in Oral Roberts. The world never got to hear it because his board wouldn't let him tell it. They were afraid it would stun people too much to hear him unfold what God did in his heart and life, but it but was the real deal. He kind of moved back into the background, moved out to California, basically retirement, but praying like all get out. And boy, did God give him insight. Right now, Oral Roberts University is the highest level it's ever been. And they are really making an impact. But here's the thing I want you to hear. After what Billy said to me and what God did in my heart, I started going to all these leaders and meeting with them. When I went to Jack Hayford's church to preach at church on the way out in California, Jack starts crying in the study. Here the guy is that's Jerry Falwell's buddy. Here's the most conservative powerful preacher in the country, everybody said. And here I am in Jack's church, big Pentecostal four-square church, huge 10,000 people. And I said, I'm so excited to be here. And he just starts crying. He said, James, you don't understand what's fixing to happen when you walk out there today. The church is going to begin to see what God wants the church to be. We don't need to be divided. Pentecostal, mainline, Baptist, all this. We can have our heritage 
but we don't need to have any covering over us other than Christ. We need to be the body of Christ. We may be different ethnic groups. We may be different background. We may have a different religious heritage, but we need to be the body of Christ. And we don't put anything between us and him. There's no covering over our head but Christ. And I'm telling you, when I walked out there, God came down like you cannot believe. And I took Jack Haver and introduced him to every well-known Baptist leader and they got close to him and they said praise God and it had an impact on their life and they said we see the power of Pentecost in a man who's a Pentecostal and every one of us need that power of Pentecost because it's not a Pentecostal denomination it's the power of God on all believers and I began to watch people change now listen to me I have never seen church leaders come together like they are now I am telling you, and you know what they're doing? They are speaking truth to kings. Do you realize that the prophets spoke the truth to kings? Daniel spoke to four different kings who were anything but godly, and he spoke the transforming truth of God. And Joseph spoke to Pharaoh the truth of God, and every time the wicked king or any king or any Pharaoh listened to the prophets, the people were blessed. It doesn't matter who that king is. When you apply God's principles and God's truth, the people are blessed and the fruitfulness of God abounds. We have been glimpsing some of that. We're not glimpsing it now. Do not give credit to the leader. Give credit to the principles of Almighty God that are proved to never fail. Never fail. Do you understand that we can turn this thing around right now? We can correct this nation's perilous course if church people would start being the church instead of going to the church. Become the church. Make a kingdom impact on earth. And we can watch everything change. I am watching God change people that you would not believe. It is so amazing. You, you take this president we just had. Look at that family. Look at the wealth. Look at the nonsense. Look at the foolishness. Look at the selfishness that he was in and much of his family. Do you want to know why people went to those rallies? Do you want to know why people cheered this man? It certainly wasn't because he never made a mistake. He made plenty of them. He made plenty of them on tweets, even though he said some good things on tweets. He said foolish things had been better never said by anybody, okay? Even at the rallies, he said it. Then he'd say it at the next rally. You want to know why the people kept flocking there? They said, we believe that man and we believe his family want the best for every one of us. And I'm going to tell you with absolute no hesitation, I am positive that's all he wants. He does not care if he loses everything he's got. His kids don't care. They do not care. They want the best for America. And you know what he heard from me nonstop for five years? There's only one person who knows what's best for America. There's only one father who knows what we need. And he knows how to deliver it. And he said to me, I want to know what that father wants. I want you to surround me with prayer and wisdom. And don't you ever let me forget this. And by the grace of God, I never will. I won't let any leader forget it. There's only one person who knows what's best for America and best for people. And it's God Almighty. It's our father in heaven. And the people who are supposed to show what that father wants is the family of the perfect father. Do you think a fatherless nation and a nation deceived by the devil, the father of lies, do you think they would be attracted to the family of the perfect father if we would behave like the children of the perfect father? Do you believe we should? Do you believe we can? Do you believe we'll have an effect? 
Do you believe it could be a light, a city set on a hill? Do you think it could redirect the course of this nation? That's what the stage is set for. That's why we're here. I'm going to live, I have been living my life for the Lord. And every time he shows me I need to make a correction, I change. I want to be the fastest, easiest to get to repent person you ever met. You can correct me. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to be the smartest, most noticeable, most outspoken, powerful person. I will listen to the least of these and I will learn of him from the least of these. And I will not overlook the least of these. And I have spent my life in ministry noticing the unnoticed. And all of our viewers on television, we have never in 60 years, last month I've been preaching, 60 years, I have never, never witnessed the love and support that I'm seeing right now. And you want to know where most of it's coming from? People over 60. Can I tell you a little secret about the people over 60? I told people last spring, and it was a big stunner. And of course, Harvard put all the material out confirming it. 75% of America's wealth, fixed wealth, is totally owned and controlled by people over 58. 50% of America's wealth is totally owned and controlled by people over 70. So don't you ever sit back and say, we don't have the ability to take the truth to every person on the planet because we do. But it's one thing to deliver truth. It's another thing to demonstrate the truth. It's one thing to defend the truth, discuss the truth, and debate the truth, and even declare the truth. But there's nothing like demonstrating the power of the transforming truth of Jesus Christ. That's what the world's waiting to see. That's what I'm seeing. If you sat in the room, or even listened as I'm on the phone, or you sat in a little circle, and you heard what's happening, when I speak to every age group, and every person of means and power and influence on this planet, and watch them change as fast as you've ever seen anything change in your life. I watched God start a great work in that rough rascal Donald Trump. He's not finished with work. I'm telling the whole family, you know, there's no communicator in the Trump family like Laura Trump. If you haven't heard Laura, you better buckle up and you better listen to wisdom flowing through a beautiful young lady with two kids. And the thing that so touched me about her and Eric was that they began to tell me how they would pick up animals on the street, pets that had been abandoned. They said, the most powerful thing we did is pick up a dog that didn't have any hair. It had been beat off of him. And Laura looked at me and Betty across the table and said, did you know that dog sleeps in our bed now every night? And they showed us a picture. And I said, Eric and Laura, you know what you just told me? In living pictures, that's what love and grace looks like. That's what the love and grace of God is to pour out on all of us. And I said, you may not know this, but he wants to pour some of that out through the Trump family. 
and they just listen. I don't know what you think about it. I'm not here to discuss what you think about any politician, okay? I am here to, think, to talk to you about what you think about the principles that people either tear down or the lousy principles they put in place and, in, 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 let's say, in control that aren't anything like God's truth. If you want to see God change America, you just let every person that knows Jesus Christ start becoming effective salt and preserving the precious. It won't be trampled under feet. You just get that light on the hill on the lampstand where it illuminates the way. And you're going to see God change everything. Our hope does not rest in any politician. Our hope rests in God's word being delivered to every politician, not just in word, but in demonstration in our lives. Folks, I got three kids. Our miracle baby girl that Betty was not supposed to be able to have Robin, she brought heaven to earth as the most beautiful, perfect person we've ever known outside Jesus. Jesus filled that girl from the time she came into our life, 40 minutes before she took her first breath. The doctor rated her on a scale of one to 10, a two. He rated her a vegetable. He said when she was four, that's the greatest miracle I've ever seen. I kept waiting year after year. I couldn't dare break the news, but I am looking at a miracle. She lived until she was 40, and the little girl that believed in healing more than anyone would ever known died of cancer and said goodbye to her three teenage children that are so full of God, so beautiful today. She's got four little grandbabies that she watches from heaven. I said to her daughter in our home with her little baby girl, I said, Callie, it's really hard to believe that your mom is as happy in heaven as she would be if she was here playing with you and her little grandbabies because she'd be so excited because your mom loved everybody so much. Everybody she got around, it changed their lives. And Callie said, mom's happy and God whispered to me, your little daughter Robin, in fact, would have been basically as heaven here, here as she would be in heaven. He said, you know why? Because your little Robin brought my will and the kingdom of heaven to earth for 40 years. And she did. That's a beautiful truth. By the way, the next heaven's a whole lot like this one without all the junk, without all the pestilence and disease and deception and death, dissension, division. But we are to bring heaven. He said, pray thy kingdom come. He said, it has, it's in you. Thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. Quit trying to get out of here into heaven and get the glory of heaven here then there'll be a whole lot more people ready to go to heaven and have good understanding of why. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Christians are never supposed to check out of anything that matters. You're overseers. You don't hand the keys to God's kingdom to the deceiver. You don't hand the keys to his planet to the deceiver. You don't hand your flock to the devil, to the wolves. You don't 
hand the fields that the Lord's given you to the pestilence and the briars. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't give anything that belongs to God to the devil. And we don't control it by force. We control it with transforming truth. Delivered in unconditional love. Are you hearing me? If we walk out of here filled with the unconditional love and the power of the Holy Spirit and deliver the transforming truth of God in unconditional love, it'll change everything around us. Don't tell me we can't win God's world to the Father. Jesus came so we could. If you would commit tonight, when I go out of here, I'm going to be a member of the body of Christ connected to the other members. I'm not going to amputate the ones I disagree with. I'm not going to sever the body of Christ. I'm not going to just debate and dialogue and discuss. I'm going to become a demonstration of the gospel. The way you build a house that withstands all storms is not discussing the word, debating the word, or even declaring the word, but doing it. He said, if you do what I say, then the storms cannot tear your house down. This preacher, this kid that didn't have a father that's raped, his mother was raped. Three children, 11 grandchildren, 10 of them married to godly spouses, and within just a short time, we will have our 14th great-grandchild. I got 25 grandchildren. The kid that's the product of rape that the doctor wouldn't kill. How many people have we killed in their innocence in the womb? Because the sacred was trampled under the feet of men. Are you ready to go out of here and be a, an active, sold out to Christ, yielded member of the body of Christ, connected to the others, submitted to the one head, Jesus? You know, he says, God does, if a prophet comes, a sent one, and you receive them, then the blessings on them will be on you. Do you believe that? Let me just ask you this. Do you think James Robinson is a blessed man? Do you think I've got a blessed family? You think I've had a blessed ministry? You think I've had a blessed life? Would you like to have a blessed life? Would you like to have a life really blessed by God? You don't even understand how much I want you to have God's best. I want to pray for you to have God's best. Would you do the one thing that he asked all of us to do? Would you put the yielded clay of your life in the master's potter's hand and say, shape me into a vessel of honor so I fit in a healthy manner connected to the other members of your body submitted to the head? Would you like to do that? Would you like to be a yielded member through which he flows freely? his spirit and his power, his love, his grace, and his transforming truth. Would you like that? I want to pray for you. If I could put my arms around you and hold you close, I would, even in spite of COVID. By the way, my wife asked me not to do that a lot. She said, you just ready to hug everybody and just shake everybody's hand forever. She said, would you, for, would you just please back off for a little while because I've been with you 59 years. I want to be with you some more. And I told my pastor, Robert Morris, I said, I'm going to honor my wife and be very careful. He said, you're not honoring your wife, you're honoring God by doing that. And I'm trying to do it. But I'm telling you, I so want the fullness of God in you. Would you let me just pray for you? Would you let me pray that God will take the yielded clay of your life 
and just fill you to overflowing with his spirit. And you're going to go out of here as a believer to make a kingdom impact on God's planet, his garden, and be a faithful overseer and a steward. Do you want to do that? If you let me pray for you, we're not going to come forward. But if you'd just say, I got six feet, three inches of clay right here. And this clay is yielded in the hand of the potter. He's still shaping me. He's still shaping me. Would you give him the clay of your life? And let me pray for you to be filled with his spirit and shaped by his masterful hands for his kingdom purpose. If you want that, I want you to simply stand where you are, and I'm going to pray for you. Just stand where you are. I want to walk out of here filled to overflowing with the Spirit. I want it to flow through me like a river. That's what I want. Now, I'm going to pray very briefly, and then I want you to just pray after me. Bunny's going to come. Some of the others, they're going to pray after I pray. But I, I want to pray for you. So just, you might just turn a hand or both hands just kind of up, cupped up to God like somebody receiving something. Father, right here, and I, let me just pray and then I'm going to lead you. Father, I want you to take every one of these beautiful, beautiful people standing here that are so precious to you that you gave your son to give them life and to die for him, but you raised him to live in them. And I want you to begin to shape Christ into their life more fully and clearly than ever. And I want you to use them for your glory alone and your kingdom purpose. Would you pray this after me, talking to God, but out loud? Father in heaven, you are my father. I'm amazed at your love that you expressed through Jesus when you let him die that we might live. He is the Savior. He is my Lord. I want you to fill me with his spirit, the Holy Spirit. I want the resurrected Jesus to live his life in me fully and freely. I don't want to be the same. I'm not looking for a funny feeling. I'm looking for the fullness of your spirit, your power, your love, your grace, your courage. I don't want to be the same. I want to oversee your garden. I want to be a faithful steward. And I want to see the miracle of the next great awakening in my lifetime, in my day, for your glory. I want you to come for a church that looks like you, an overcoming church, dressed up in your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at me, look, look at me. Do you think your father has dreams? Do you think your father has desires? How about you asking him to let you lose yourself in his dreams? Do you think this father wants his son to come back for a desecrated, divided, defeated bride? He ain't coming for that.
He's coming for a bride that looks like his son. And the world will see that son. The church, the church of the living God, filled with the power of God, the living Jesus, and they will know who it is they're saying yes or no to. Not churches, but Jesus. Not religion, but Jesus. Are you hearing me? I promise you. He's coming for a bride that looks like him. And I want to see that bride stand up adorned in his glory. That's why I think Bunny invited us here. Would you pray the whole family of God and all the members will come together in supernatural unity like Jesus prayed for in John 17. Before you go to sleep tonight, you read that and you meditate on John 17 the next few days. Bunny, come on. Come on, Bunny. Do you all appreciate this precious lady? It's my honor to be your friend. This is the members of the body that help Christ's body get healthy. Please help her. We brought her a nice check. She gave me an honorarium. I already gave it back. Listen to me. I'm going to help her as long as I'm alive. And I want you to help her because it will be support well invested in kingdom purpose. I don't, I don't guess I know all of you, but I want every one of you to know I love you. And no matter what you've done or who you are or where you are, I would love you so much if I, if I could be close to you. And I believe you would love me and my wife more in person even than you do on TV because <laughs> she really is precious. And you are too. You look so good dressed up in Jesus. Don't they look good dressed up in they Jesus? They look great. You, you, you close and you lead the prayer time you wanted to, Bunny. I love you so much. I love all of you, Bunny. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, our bi-weekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians engaged for the well-being of our nation.